Hello, and welcome to Social Workers Rise, where we inspire social workers to connect, expand their knowledge, and change more lives than they ever thought possible. We will talk everything social work on every level from micro to macro. We are going to hear stories of social workers who are doing big things, learn new skills, and most importantly, give you actionable steps to make a difference today. Let's go. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Social Workers Rise. It is your host, Catherine, here. I'm very excited for our guest this week, Ernesto. He's an MSW, and I'm not going to try your last name. I don't want to butcher it. Can you <laughs> say your last name? The easy way is Bejarano. The, the correct way is Bejarano, if you have it in you, but Bejarano is fine. B, I'll accept B. <laughs> okay, Ernesto all right. B. Great. Okay, Ernesto B., I want to brag on you a little bit. So Ernesto is an award-winning social work professional with almost 30 years of experience in the field. He has applied his social work background in public service, elected office, and as a digital content creator and many, many more, an author now. So Ernesto has recently released the Social Work Magic AI Tool and a book entitled Artificial Intelligence or AI for Social Workers. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Catherine. I'm really happy to be here. I'm really familiar with your show, your work. And so I'm um, just privileged and honored to have a little time to chat with you today. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And you have no idea how excited I was when I saw your post. It must have been... I don't know if it was LinkedIn or Facebook. I probably saw you both, but talking about your book, AI for social workers, because I'm thinking, oh my gosh, because I, when I heard of ChatGPT came out in what, I don't know, beginning of 2023. Late 22, early 23. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. I'm like, this is amazing, but how can we use it for social work? And I just had all these ideas, but then as I feel like a lot of social workers do, we kind of get tied up in like, is this legal? Is this ethical? Where do we like draw the line here? And then all of these questions kind of just freeze me because I wanted to do a podcast episode on this like in January when I first heard about it. But I was like, I don't, I, I just don't know. It's like too much. So I'm glad that you wrote the book on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, uh, I think, you know, I totally agree with you, and and I'm still kind of in that space where, is it like you said, is it legal? Is it ethical? Like, what, you know, how much of a risk am I even taking by coming out and trying to speak on this, especially when it's all brand new? And especially initially, I didn't necessarily know what I knew or didn't know about the topic. I just was deep diving and trying to consume as much as I could. But as time has gone by in the past year, um. You know, the NASW has kind of come on board little by little and, and begun to speak on it and other I've seen there's still plenty of I won't say resistance, but just um, caution by a lot of our colleagues about it. But I see that kind of dissipating a little bit as we go. So I feel more comfortable in, in talking about it. And initially when I saw it, I'm always um, a person as, as a social worker. I've always been someone that's kind of frustrated because I feel like we get all this wonderful education and training and all these things preparing us for the field but it's when you hit the ground 
it can be very different from what we learned in school and in our trainings from what's hitting us in the face in reality. And I've always felt like practical tools that we can use in the moment have sometimes been few and far between. And so with that in mind and kind of a basic understanding at that time of what AI can do, I started messing with building this AI, kind of social work specific AI tool. I'm not a tech engineer or anything like that. I'm, I've always been a social worker, but I've always been interested in technology and messed with it. So I was able to build this tool and people started using it. I was using it. And it's certainly you would be able to use, you could use ChatGPT or any of the other services, but the tool that I had just was a little bit more um, honed or specific with social work expertise. So it, to me, it streamlined it a little bit for people that were hesitant or unsure about how to navigate ChatGPT. So I started doing the tool, people started using it. And the more I talked to people, the more I got, uh, became aware that people really didn't know for the, for a large, there were some people who did, but the large majority of people that I interacted with didn't know what AI was, how it worked, how it could be applied, the ethical consideration, all those kinds of things. And I, by that time, had some grasp on that. So I said, let me put this all together and offer it out there. I'm, I'm not an AI expert or anything, but I have something that I can offer that hopefully can help spark conversation, that can give some, um, you know, help people understand the concept and the challenges and opportunities so that then they can make a more informed decision about whether or not they want to use it. So... I'll stop there for now, but that's kind of a long-winded way of talking about kind of how I started with this process of the tool and the book and, and all the other stuff. Yes, that's amazing. And so many different things to unpack here. But first, I want to back up. And can you tell us, because you've been a social worker for 30 years, so what is it that you do right now or most recently? Do you, are you working in social work or are you doing the AI full-time? No. So my eight to five right now is I work in child welfare. Uh, and that's the majority of my career has been in child welfare, but I always say I feel super fortunate because I've been able to do lots of other things in social work, um, school social work, drug and alcohol prevention, monitoring and evaluation. Like you mentioned, I've been able to apply some social work stuff out in the community, in elected office and different things. So that has helped me to kind of get a perspective on on the world and how it interfaces with the things that we do and what we have to offer as social workers in all these different spaces. And so currently I do my eight to five every day, but it's at nights and weekends when, um, you know, I'm really passionate about this AI stuff most like this past year. And so that's when I come home and I just start grinding on building stuff or social media or trying to make videos to help people understand. Um, so it's like my, kind of like my second job, I guess, at this point. I'm not full-time on, on the AI yet. And I love my child yep. welfare work too, so I'm I'm not going anywhere too soon, but retirement is is in, in sight, so. <laughs> there you go, there you go. That's awesome, and it helps to give me an idea around where you're coming from, like what perspective you're coming from, and I love it, because you're listening, you're coming from our listeners' perspective, right? Our listeners are social workers, you know, new to the field, they're working in the field, and they're just hungry for more information, more support. How do we make our jobs easier and more effective so that we can work smarter and not harder? Yeah. So we talked about some of the 
resistance that social workers are having to AI or really just not an, an, an understanding of it, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm wondering what are going to be the benefits that social workers would experience by using your AI system? Yeah, I think, um, you know, that resistance or caution that many of our colleagues have is is a great thing, actually. You know, we we have the obligation to to protect certain information, to act ethically in a certain way. And I'm happy that our colleagues are pushing back on some of this stuff because if everyone just said, oh, let's all just start doing this, that probably wouldn't be a good thing and we'd have a lot of problems down the line. So it's good to take a cautious approach in this. Um, and people are most, like I said, confidentiality. People are concerned about potential biases built into the algorithms. Um, and they're concerned about social work taking their job at some point. And so I think that the, the thing that we have to look forward to is that this tool or these tools or AI as a technology, if you're conceptualizing it as like, this is something that's just going to do my work for me, I'm just going to tell it, do this home visit and write these case notes and talk to this client and the, some robot's going to pop out and do it. Yes, you should be concerned if that's what you think AI is. But if you, you know, whether you look at the book or do your own research, you'll come to understand, I think, that AI, at least at this point in time, in the future, we don't know. But right now, AI to me is just like another tool in my toolbox. It's, you know, I more and more see it probably as my most powerful tool that I can use to um, support myself or help me support the, in this case, um, social workers that I supervise in my job. Um, it's a tool that I use but I try to, I mean, I do use it responsibly. I make sure that I don't ever enter any personal identifying information. I make sure that whatever responses that AI gives me, I check them for accuracy, for bias, for linguistic nuances that may pop up. So you do still have to be a social worker. You still have to bring that humanistic approach. And then when you get your results back from an AI, you need to be able to understand those results, translate them into real life, and then, you know, communicate that to a client or a coworker or whatever it is. So the humanistic aspect, when used responsibly, when used properly, in my opinion, is definitely still there. So it's not replacing the work that I do. It's just a tool that I use, and I try to make sure that I use it responsibly and try to teach others how to use it responsibly to their benefit to serve those people that they're working with. I don't remember actually what yes. your question was, so I hope hope I answered <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, the the benefit to social workers, which from, uh, from from what you said, the benefit is really being able to be more efficient in your job and using mm -hmm. this as a tool to, because I mean, I'm thinking documentation, right? Because documentation takes up so much of our time mm -hmm. and depending on what type of documentation, but I have personally used this for my narrative notes. So for example, I would type in something to the extent of um, client is X number of years old, struggling with whatever, anxiety, mm -hmm. depression, whatever it might be. And they were receptive to interventions. You know, please write me a progress note. Mm -hmm. And it is amazing. It is. What what they spit out because I'm reading this and I'm like, wow, this is actually what we talked about. And 
I mean, they, it just knows so much. And so what I do with that is, and I don't use it all the time, but sometimes, especially if I'm just, just spent, just, I can't think Mm -hmm. anymore. And I just need some help. I will type that in there and then I'll take the, the thing that it gives me. Right. And then you can specify if you want it in a certain format. So if you want it in S bar, if you want it in GURP style, it'll do that for you. Mm -hmm. And so I'll take that and then edit it and just, you know, type in or delete or whatever it is that I need to personalize it with. And then that's it. And it saves, oh my gosh, I could spend 30 minutes typing up a narrative note, but with the help of AI, I'm able to do this in 10. Mm -hmm. And so you're able to cut, if you can cut documentation time by 75%, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's powerful. That's exactly my thought process. Like if we can be more efficient in the work that we do, that frees us up to do those things that we got into social work to do, to have those face-to-face communications, to, um, you know, to, to build, to build rapport and, and to have meaningful conversations. But if we're stuck at our desk all day, documenting and pushing papers around the desk, that's obviously limits the time that we can do that. And, you know, people, I've heard people say, well, you can't do case notes because there's identifying information or people could be identified. And I, again, I get the caution, but I think that as you, the way you described you yourself using it is the responsible way to think about it. You maybe just put like bullet points or something of with no identifying information, and then you put it into whatever tool you're using, you ask it for case notes or, or to write a, you know, a narrative and it does it. And then you fill in any details or whatever. And so in that way, you can prevent some of that confidentiality. And I, the, the kind of argument that I make sometimes is that currently we have, you know, there's social media, people send emails with, you know, confidential information in it. I've been in situations where there's like a printer in a location where people are coming in for like family meetings and stuff. And so there's large groups of families walking right by this printer with confidential information. And so we at all times need to be aware of our responsibilities and our obligations as social workers. And AI is certainly one of those scenarios, but we do this all the time and we have for a long time. And so I think it can be used responsibly to make us, like you said, more efficient, more effective, and to free up time to connect with humans as social workers. Definitely. And a big priority for our listeners here in the Social Workers Rise community is career advancement. And this question came up when I asked my Instagram followers, what do you want to know about AI and social work? And Cindy specifically wants to know, how can we use this tool as a way to develop our resume or to make our resume stronger so that we can achieve that career advancement? Yeah, I think, I mean, that's not, I haven't tried to use it, I don't think, for that, but it's it's almost like, I hate to say this, but it feels like there's nothing that AI can't do if prompted correctly. And so that's that's what becomes important. And that's why I think it's important for social workers, whether you like it or not, you know, I, I believe that AI is here and it's not going anywhere. So we should familiarize ourselves with it. And part of that familiarization process is learning how to prompt the whatever system you're using. Because if you just say, uh, you know, write me up a, a resume, it'll give you a pretty good generic resume. But if you say, 
here, you know, here is my experience. And then you put that in and then you can say, now write me a resume with that experience and it'll do that. And then you can say, now put more emphasis on uh, my experience in schools or, or working with, with adolescents and it'll change it up and give you that. And then you can say, now here's a different, like maybe you see a, a different resume from someone else and you take out the identifying information, you plug it in and say, use this structure and format to rewrite the, so you can do so much stuff by understanding kind of the language of AI and how you prompt it. And when you become more familiar, more expert in that, it's kind of like the better you information you put in, the better you're going to get out or garbage in, garbage out, however you want to look at it. Um, so that's why, again, I think it's important that we make ourselves comfortable with the with the technology um, and then play with it. You know, you don't have to do anything serious. Just play with it. It's actually kind of fun. And if you feel safe, if you feel secure, if you feel confident enough to dip your toes in the water, then I would really, really encourage it. Because like I said, I personally don't think that it's going anywhere. And so it's like, I don't think AI will replace your job, but I think people, social workers who know how to use AI will replace those who don't know, just like it was the case with email and Microsoft Word and Excel or whatever other technologies you, technologies you want to look at in the past. Yes, I love that. And I have done some research on it for how to use it for job opportunities. So and in addition to creating your resume, you can also use it to prompt it to create a cover letter for you, you know, create a cover letter for a school social work position. And then you can, like you said, tweak it and say, I want you to emphasize my experience doing cognitive behavioral therapy, right? And it can do that. And then also too, uh, I've used it for to ask it questions. So give me some questions that a interviewer for a school social worker position might ask me. And then you can use it to be able to help train yourself and to practice those interview questions. And this is just the tip of the iceberg, right? This is just, you know, just getting started. And I love your system. I was able to play around in the AI system for social workers that you've developed. Oh, the and I love the tool, the tool itself, yeah. the social work man. Okay. Yes, yes, the social work magic tool. And I love that you're giving us a uh, a promo code. So thank you. We'll oh, yeah. get to that at the end. But I, I just like that you have the option to write emails because sometimes we get stuck on how do I word this particular email? And you can have it worded from the perspective of a supervisor, the perspective of a worker, and so many other options that are on there. And so this tool is just going to be amazing for people who want to increase their professionalism or aren't very good at writing, or sometimes it takes us forever <laughs> to just write an email, right? Uh -huh. This is going to be so, so helpful for them. Um, so I'm wondering what, what was your thought process behind developing this system? Like how, how did this come about for you? Uh, I think it still goes back to that you know, I've been doing social work for almost 30 years as, as I keep realizing how long it's been and, and been supervising staff for at least almost, I guess, like a decade now. And I just always have felt like I want to have my colleagues or those that I supervise or anyone just um, have to have the tools, the real tools that they can apply in real world scenarios, not 
you know, a 60 page PowerPoint from a training, although that has its own benefits. But I mean, that's difficult to access when you're out in the field or, you know, the things that we're typically used to. So I want people to have tools. And I, I guess I remember, I, I can remember back a time and I've started to tell this story that whenever in the early days of my career, when you had to go do a home visit or visit a school, you would have like a book, like a book of maps, like an actual book. And you'd have to find the location you wanted to go to and highlight the route. And, and then you put it on the side of your, on your seat in your car and you're looking at the map as you drive. And it was, it was rudimentary looking back on it, but that's how we navigated ourselves in the world. And then, you know, there was this amazing invention called MapQuest where you could just type in the address and you could print out a direct route to wherever you were going. And that was like groundbreaking. And then, you know, came Google Maps and GPS, um, uh, turn-by-turn navigation. And that's kind of where I see this going and how I kind of would like to envision our work with AI as social workers as becoming like a like a real-time personalized assistant for your work every day. So right now, I feel like we're kind of in our our MapQuest era. You know, we have, most of us have a cell phone or a tablet or a laptop, and we can access some tools like standalone software or programs that we can access. So that was kind of like MapQuest. It was a step up and help, but turn-by-turn navigation now it'll if the road is closed it reroutes you if there's traffic it optimizes and that's what i see ai being able to do as we move forward you know as you have different needs throughout your day whether it's writing documentation or responding to an email the ai can assist you in those things and optimize the way that you do your work so that your workflow becomes more hopefully fluid and efficient, you're able to spend more time with clients and actually have more time for yourself. You know, that's always a thing. And that's one of the motivations too, that I always think about is just the self-care issue, the burnout issue. Like how can I make a drop in in the bucket to help that for our profession? And Hey, it's Catherine here. I hope you are enjoying this episode. We're going to take a quick break to listen to these ads from our sponsors. If you're planning to take the BBS Law and Ethics exam, the ASWB Master's or Clinical Licensure exam, or if you're studying for the MFT exam, then you need a proven program that can help you understand the exam questions and pass with confidence. If this is you, I highly recommend the Therapist Development Center. I personally use TDC to pass my law and ethics and clinical exams and found the program provided me with everything I needed to pass with confidence. TDC's program integrates various ways of learning in an organized fashion containing all of the information you need to pass without the overwhelm. And now, bonus, TDC is also offering a library of continuing education courses that fulfill your license renewal requirements and will support you in your career development. If this sounds like something that you need, visit their website, therapistdevelopmentcenter.com and use the code SWRISE10 at checkout to receive 10% off any of their CE courses including their brand new course, On the Edge of Life, an Introduction to Suicidality. You can also check out the link in the show notes. 
my hope, my intention is that by providing tools like these tools, it frees up social workers to address whatever they need to do professionally, but then have time for themselves, real time to do whatever they want to do for their self-care that was created by these tools that optimize the work. So I think that was the question. I, I get started yeah. blabbing and I forget the questions because... Oh, it's perfect, Ernesto. You're perfect. <laughs> perfect. Um, and just as you were talking, some thoughts came up for me around more ways that social workers can use AI just in their jobs. So, and I love the term that you use personal assistant, because that's really what this is kind of equaling out to. So my, my thoughts were you can use this for translation. So mm -hmm. if I need to translate something into Spanish, the AI would be able to help me do that. Um, it's a quick way to look up laws or to search PDFs. So if you type in, what is the reporting law for California, right? For child abuse, right? And it would just, you know, do an internet search and spit that out for you. And then the other ways that I've used it to are, uh, what are the symptoms of say depression, right? Or what are the symptoms of schizophrenia? In case you need just a quick refresher, you're with somebody, you're doing your notes and you're like, is this, is that what I'm seeing here? Um, and then also to, what are the preferred treatment modalities for this type of diagnosis, right? And it can yeah. it'll do the search in the internet. Yeah. So there's just so many ways. Do you have any other ways that you've been able to use it for your work? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think just going along with what you already said, two, two things like on the opposite ends of the spectrum, you can use it as an idea generator very effectively. Like, like you said, what is, what should I I forgot what you had said, but, you know, what do I do? And what are some suggestions of how I can handle this situation? Let's just say, mm -hmm. and it'll give you even a list of things you might want to try. Or, you know, what are the top 10 ways to handle this diagnosis or whatever? So it'll, it's not that you cut and paste whatever it says, but it right. generates ideas and it gets your mind flowing. And sometimes it confirms what you already knew. Sometimes it pops new concepts into your mind that you hadn't even considered. So I, it's one thing to use it as an idea generator. And on the other end, I've really found it helpful in my work as almost like a validation tool. One example is I spent, you know, more than an hour on, on a particular case with one of the people on my team trying to figure out it was a really challenging case and there was a lot of nuance. And so we talked for a long time, consulted, brought people in, and we came to kind of a plan for this particular family. And then kind of, kind of out of curiosity at the time, I plugged in the scenario without any identifiers or anything into the social work magic tool. And it came, we were shocked and super happy that what it produced was almost word for word, exactly what we had come up with as human social workers. And so on the one hand, it's almost like we could have saved a couple hours by just starting with that. But you know, there's, there's something to going through the process that's certainly valid but it's nice to have your process and your conclusions validated because what a lot of people I think don't understand, they think AI or chat GPT is just pulling answers from wherever and they're not really legit. But where, when you, especially when you learn how to prompt it to have some social work specific um, requests, and that's what's happening behind the scenes in social work magic. But when you can do that, then it's actually pulling from, peer review journals, social work websites, social work research, social work data. So it's not just randomly pulling things from the internet. 
when you prompt it for certain expertise, it is going to those legitimate uh, documentation or websites or whatever that um, that are. That's why the answers come back so legitimate, and people are so shocked because it's coming from legitimate sources. So that's um, the other. Oh, it's really quickly, if we have time, you mentioned about um, PDFs, and there's a way that I just started playing with that you can certainly plug in a PDF and um, have ChatGPT or other tools analyze it and just say like, in instead of reading this 30 page um, research study, I, I don't have the time for that, but give me the top 10 bullet points. What is this about? What's the conclusion? What are implications in school social work? Whatever, it, and it'll do that. But there's also a way that I just started playing with that you could literally like chat with the document, you could talk back and forth. And so I've been able to use that to ask for, you know, help on some sticky situations with a, a policies and procedures manual. And the the AI goes in and it cites the parts of the document where those things are covered. And then at the end, it actually gives an analysis based on section B and section A. It appears that you can do this, you can do that, but you might want, want to consider these other things. And so it's just, I mean, every day it changes every day. If you're into this stuff, your mind starts spinning because you just think of all the applications that there are in the real world for social workers. Yes. The one fear that I have, or maybe the top fear, probably not the one, is that social work students are going to rely on this to do their work for them which I think is the biggest mistake you could possibly make because it's vital that you're able to think for yourself. You're able mm -hmm. to formulate your own opinions. You're able to, like you said, problem solve and consult and be able to critically think on your own. However, I will say that where I see it being helpful for students is maybe coming up with an outline, like you said, an idea generator, an outline. What are the main topics around this? Mm -hmm. And also too, I've used this when I'm planning my workshops because I'm able to type in what are, uh, I don't know, whatever, what are the main interventions for de depression and include academic citations. Mm -hmm. And it'll come up and it'll actually include citations, like you said, from the academic resources. So I'm wondering, you know, do you have any concerns or do you see any problems with AI and, and social workers? I do also, um, I mean, still confidentiality is something because, as I mentioned, whether it's on Facebook or, uh, you know, in an email or with AI, there are social workers. Maybe you're just you're overwhelmed, you're busy and you accidentally put some information in that you shouldn't or you say something. I mean, it, th those fears are always there as they are with any technology. And so I what the one thing I will say about that, the ma social work magic tool that I have built into it is kind of this, um, I guess, algorithm that attempts to not allow it to put. So if you put somebody's name in there, it should say, instead of the name, it'll say no requested. So it, it, I've tried to make it such that it won't even allow you to put that in. Uh, and the, the algorithms themselves in OpenAI, ChatGPT, I've noticed that they've gotten better and they, they will say, I can't use a person's name so, so it's developing, but there's no guarantees. It's, I mean, it's a, every single prompt, every single response is different. And so if it worked one time and it didn't say the person's name, it doesn't mean if you put it every time, it won't somehow slip up and put it. So that confidentiality part is still 
a big one for me. Um, but I think that just dependency, kind of what you're alluding to, for people to become too dependent on AI is something that I wouldn't want either. And I don't see that necessarily happening because I feel that as social workers, at least at this time in life, in the world, we still are very cognizant of our humanistic approach. We are we hang our hat kind of on that part of our work. That is who we are. That is what we do. And so I don't anticipate necessarily that as a profession, as as workers, that we will become dependent on AI. But I could see where some people, if you're struggling, if you're overwhelmed, whatever the reasons, could kind of become dependent on it. And that's, you know, something that we may have to deal with. But just in terms of what you're saying about school, that's also was one of the motivations that I had for putting out the book is that I'm hoping that whether it's the book that I, you know, released or somebody else's book, I just want students to get, have these conversations in the classroom because they are stepping into a world that I think you and I never, you know, could have thought that we would step into this world and they're going to have to deal with this. So if we don't prepare them in the classroom for what, what AI is, what are the challenges, what are the opportunities and have those discussions, then, you know, that they're going to be challenged when they hit the ground and all these AI realities are in front of them. So, so, I mean, there are some challenges, but I think, again, if we learn how to use this technology responsibly, there's, a, I think the benefits outweigh the risk, at least how I see it today as we sit here today. Definitely. And feel free, you know, in the Social Workers Rise community to use this podcast episode in your class. If you're a university professor, use it in your class. Get Ernesto's book. You can download the program. And I do want to talk about the Social Work Magic AI tool. So what does make this different than a general like ChatGPT? So in ChatGPT, everything that is done in the social work magic tool could be done in chat GPT. If you take the time to learn how to prompt in a specific way, such that the underlying algorithm with OpenAI, which is the same algorithm that the tool uses, it understands, oh, okay, this is the perspective I should be thinking with. This is the tone that I should use. This is the specific kind of document or template that I should, that I should produce. Like, there are ways that you can get the same or similar results in ChatGPT, but what the Social Work Magic tool does is that it streamlines that for people who don't have the time or don't want to learn or just for whatever reason don't want to get too in the weeds. And so it's the my idea was that to just make it easily accessible for social workers. And so they don't have to be an expert on prompting. They don't have to know all the technicalities. They can do some drop down boxes, type in a little bit of text. And they could get some something that could be useful. Or there's another piece to it. You can chat with, basically, like you're chat, chatting with a social work, ex, social work expert, like if you're talking to your supervisor or someone, but it's in a chat format. So you can go back and forth and just have a, just as you would with a colleague. And so the idea behind that is to make it more accessible. Like I said, you could do similar things with just ChatGPT or all these other newer technologies that are coming out. But this is just, it kind of streamlines the process. The other thing too, is that I've noticed when I ask the exact same question to chat GPT, it gives a good response. Obviously it's AI and it's, the response is good, but sometimes I'm looking for something 
kind of concise and ChatGPT can produce long responses, very detailed responses. Yes. And what the social work magic tool does is kind of, you know, shortens that down a little bit, makes it a little bit more digestible in the moment. Because I envision people out in the field or at their desk, like needing, they don't want, you know, all this, like, overly dense or heavy information. They need stuff now so they can get their work done. And that's what I try to do. And certainly, if it's not enough, using the social work magic tool, you can continue to prompt and tweak and refine however you need to. But I think that's the differentiator is that um, it has, it's been trained behind the scenes, the algorithm to have social work expertise, to think as a social worker or a supervisor or a, you know, drug and alcohol counselor or whatever it is, that's already built into it. So you don't have to figure out as you would in ChatGPT, how to prompt it to kind of have that framework to then ask the question that you want. Yes, that's so powerful. So it's essentially a specialized personal assistant for social workers is what I'm gathering. Yes. Again, it could be done in any other thing. You certainly can do it in ChatGPT or whatever. But if you want to cut down time, cut down hassle, that's another option for you, the social work magic tool. Okay, that's awesome. And tell me about your book. The book, uh, like I said, it's just, it tries to take it from the the idea of what what is really AI? Where does it come from? How does it work? Where does it give you information? It starts from the basics and then it kind of goes through the the things like ethical considerations, um, how it can be used in the field. And I tried to put back to the idea of making things practical and usable. I tried to include a lot of examples in the real world of how a certain piece of AI might be used or is currently being used. And just so people can see, not just have the concept of AI and algorithms and those technical things, but actually hopefully conceptualize its use in the real world. And so that's mostly what you'll find in the book. At the end of the book, there's also a section more specific to ChatGPT. At the time when I was putting it together, ChatGPT was and still is the main AI interface that people see, but there are new technologies that are coming along. But the concepts that you'll find in the book, I think, at least for the time being, are are still consistent no matter where you're, you're using AI. Again, this stuff is really rapidly evolving. So talk to me in six months and it might be a whole different story. But as we sit here today, I think it's an accurate reflection of what AI is, what are the opportunities and challenges, and what are the applications so that you can come to an understanding and then decide, this is for me, this is not for me, you know, here's here's where I can integrate it or not into my work, and just be more informed about that decision and not kind of black and white, yes or no, good, bad AI. Yes, yes, for sure. Thank you so much. And I have to mention that you have been very, very generous to the Social Workers Rise community in offering us the opportunity to use Social Work Magic AI tool for free until the end of November. You just enter in the coupon code RISE at socialworkmagic.com. And then also, Ernesto, you have an upcoming raffle, right? Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so I've never done these things before, and I, but I think I've seen them enough and tried to win them enough that I'm familiar with it. So when that coupon code for the Social Work Magic tool runs out, 
Um, then at the that'll be at the end of November, November 30th, I guess. I'm going to raffle off a book. So in order to get that, you just subscribe to my YouTube channel and comment on any of the videos with hashtag rise and you'll be entered into the raffle so that on the 30th, when I choose select the person that will get the book, you will get it in that way. So just because you use the social work magic tool, that's not necessarily going to get you in the raffle. You just go subscribe to the YouTube channel at social work mentor. That's the YouTube channel and, um, and comment with rise. And then you're in for the opportunity to get it. Yes. Awesome. And all of those links are in the show notes. Thank you so, so much, Ernesto, for everything and for being just such a trailblazer and a leader in the area of AI and social work. Cause I don't know of anybody else who is doing exactly what you were doing. So thank you so much. Thank you for everything you do and, and providing all the listeners and all your, your followers to, to learn more and be better social workers, which is what I know that's why you do what you do and certainly why I do what I do. So thank you for providing the platform. You're welcome. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you for listening to another episode of Social Workers Rise. If you love this episode, be sure to subscribe and text this episode to a friend. If you want more, there are a few ways we can get to know each other and work together. First, definitely subscribe to the Friday resource email list. The link is in the show notes. And that's where you can learn more about the courses I offer, including clinical essentials for the future therapist and the Pulse basics for medical social workers. I'll also be sending out occasional tips and resources and other happenings within the social work industry. And for all your clinical supervision needs, be sure to visit risedirectory.com. This is a national directory of clinical supervisors for social workers, and we also provide free resources that you can use within your own clinical supervision. Lastly, if you have more individualized needs, I do offer coaching individual consultations, and am available for public speaking engagements for social workers and change makers. Lastly, the boring legal stuff, but very important. The information in this podcast is not meant to be a supplement for therapy, professional advice, or clinical supervision. This content is provided as is solely for informational purposes. It is not legal health or safety advice. I am not advising you as a therapist. Organizations should engage their own experts to ensure any adoptive measures are compliant with applicable laws and standards in their jurisdictions. The opinions expressed by individuals or organizations are their own and do not reflect the views or opinions of Social Workers Rise or Catherine Moore. References to specific products or organizations do not constitute any endorsement or recommendations by Social Workers Rise.